welcome to the first episode of the Revitalizing Health podcast of 2024. It's the first week of the year. Many people are excited to get stuck into the year so they can start the year off right. And I kind of want to speak to some kind of experiences that we share or that many of us may share at this time of year. But before we do, just acknowledging that I am on Wurundjeri land today as I record this. So I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging of not just the custodians of the lands on which I'm speaking today, but also extending that to the traditional custodians of the lands where you might be listening to this episode. And it's definitely something that I think you can relate to this topic of today's episode. As I was saying, many are getting excited to get into the new year. Um, Many of you may have set New Year's resolutions, but something that I think we can forget to do at this time of year is to pause and to acknowledge that an entire year of our life has just passed. And I hope that you know, if you haven't at the end of 2023, if you haven't had that time to reflect and look back on your year and, you know, have a look at what were your biggest challenges, what were your biggest triumphs, what were the things that really changed you, what were the things that really propelled you, what were the things that you enjoyed, the things that you didn't, the people that supported you, the people that changed you in good ways or bad ways, you know, people who influenced you. Um, things, circumstances that influenced you. If if you haven't done that kind of reflective work already, then I highly recommend that's something that you do. Uh, even if you just verbalize it or you write it down in a journal, maybe you have someone that you can trust, you can talk through about your reflections from the year. But going back to that idea of getting so excited about the new year that we actually forget to pause I want to speak to that a little bit. So why do people find it so hard to stop? Are you one of those people who finds it really hard to just take a pause, to just stop what you're doing? I think a lot of people in this day and age do have that struggle. And there are a few reasons why we can find it really difficult to to stop, to pause. But I want to focus on maybe one of the key ones today, which is the topic of this short episode. And that is that when we do, when we're doing, we feel like we're in control. Whereas when we're stopping and we're just being, not doing anything, we feel like we don't have that level of control because we don't control what thoughts or feelings come into our being when we are just sitting there being with ourselves. So that's one of the biggest, I think, reasons why we find it hard to pause because by doing and keeping active, we feel like we're in some kind of control. So when we're doing, we don't have to sit in the discomfort of being because this is a vulnerable place, right? Being just in that space of receptivity, of awareness of yourself in space, in time, it can feel vulnerable because stuff can come up. There are many shapes and forms that this inability to pause or stop actually takes place in people's life, different different ways that you can see it, different behaviors. For example, 
you know, jumping from one task to the next without having breaks. And we're in the middle of, if you're listening to this live, it's the first week of January. Even while on holidays, people are doing this, yeah? So they might be moving from one thing to the next without fully being able to switch off. If you are able to switch off, that is awesome because that's the whole point, right? But jumping from one task to the next without breaks, even if you're on a quote unquote break, can actually happen. Uh, And of course, it does happen in everyday life, whether you're working, you're studying, you're looking after children, whatever you're doing in your day-to-day basis, people can find it very difficult to just have that break in between. We may also see behaviors such as texting or scrolling on your phone while you're with someone else. So you're not truly being with them, being present with them. I even just noticed this, you know, if I am out in the in the city or on public transport, I feel almost a bit odd because I'm one of the few, sometimes the only person, for example, on the train or whatever, who isn't looking down at their phone. And it's really interesting. There's a, a sense of comfort, of familiarity, of safety, of perceived security that comes with I'm going to scroll on my phone. I'm going to look down and just pay attention to what's directly in front of me and not be interacting with other humans around me. It's a bit scary. It's a whole other conversation that could be had, but going back to the different behaviors that this can manifest as not being able to stop. So we are uncomfortable with the vulnerability of being. So we instead start texting or scrolling on our phone because that gives us that little bit of temporary comfort when we're with someone else, because yeah, it means that we don't have to fully be vulnerable and fully switched on and empathic to that connection or able to connect with ourselves in that moment when we're trying to connect with someone else. And one really common sort of way that we see this discomfort of being and of being able to stop and just pause for a sec uh, is turning to a certain behavior or habit to actually distract yourself, whether that's food, alcohol, drugs, sex, video games, the list goes on and everyone has their own particular vices. But these things can turn into addictions, uh, whether they are more serious or less severe or less obvious, but we all have them. And I'll be sharing an episode in a little while with Shana Sapi, where we talk about emotional eating. So that's with particular relevance to when we turn to food as one of these kind of vices to distract ourselves from being with ourselves and from having to pause and just exist and be in the space that we're in, in the body that we're in. So I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you very soon. So I want to unpack this a little bit further. So So being vulnerable is a big reason why we avoid pausing because by stopping, we either have to be with someone else in our beingness, or we need to be with ourselves in our beingness. And for many, this is uncomfortable because it highlights the parts of ourselves. We either don't want to acknowledge or we don't want others to see. And that's a little confronting. Maybe we We don't want to stop because we don't want to be with who we really are. But that's what it comes down to. That's what I'm talking about today. 
but I want you to know that this is normal. Yeah. So this is totally normal to feel like you don't want to welcome and embrace all aspects of yourself. However, all right, there's a catch here. Yes, it's normal to feel like you don't want to embrace all the aspects and parts of yourself. However, not embracing and accepting all parts of yourself is often the underlying core reason behind the way we think, behave, the way we relate, the way we experience life. And it's often even behind the physical health problems that we face as individuals is this inability to actually accept who we are deep down, our truest versions of ourselves. So I just want you to let that sink in for a moment. Whether it's something you're aware of or not, I think a lot of us are actually aware of it, but it's easy not to draw attention to it because that's the whole topic of this conversation is it's uncomfortable to actually draw attention to the fact that there are parts of ourselves different parts, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you want to label them as, but we are made up of different parts. But it is so important to be able to acknowledge that all those parts are okay and have a place. So this is why I've personally found that working to help process the emotions, the the subconscious patterns, the conditioning, the programming, whatever you want to call it, within the nervous system, working with those things to process those things so we can foster and nurture self-acceptance is one of the most profound things we can do for our health. And I would even go as far as to say that it's maybe even the most profound thing, which I know is a huge statement to make. I know it is. But working with this side of things, I'm seeing people's results with their health become fast-tracked because they they no longer stand in their own way. Because with self-acceptance, you remove the self as the barrier. And I think, you know, if whether you're in the kind of awareness around self-development or not, it is quite well understood that Yes, there are so many things affecting our lives and our success and our health, but our ability to actually prioritize ourselves because we choose to accept ourselves is a huge driver in mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. And when we accept our genuine selves and all of the parts of us that exist, like I said earlier, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, however you wish to call them, you'd actually be amazed what you're capable of as a human. And I actually am amazed about what I'm capable of every day as I start to do this work personally, but it's very rewarding to also see other people explore the same kind of changes. And I'm honestly so grateful to be able to support people with this through the use of emotion release technique or ERT. And it's something I highly recommend if you haven't tried it yet because it's an extremely efficient way of processing these unprocessed emotions and the underlying patterns which have stuck with us for so long, hindering our personal growth, you know, hindering our our health, and also preventing us from actually having the ability to live fulfilling lives. Because with those patterns and those emotions that basically encourage 
the opposite of self-acceptance. They encourage self-deprecation and other unhelpful behaviors and thoughts, which manifest as the opposite of what we actually truly want. It's just so pivotal to be able to process those things out so that our nervous system can come back to a state of balance, a state of homeostasis, and actually see ourselves for who we truly are and acknowledge what we truly want and just feel in full alignment with what we want so that we can actually achieve it. So yes, if if this is resonating with you and you want to start actually shifting some of your own stuff, I'll leave a link in the show notes to book in for a 60-minute ERT session with me. Uh, it's probably the, the best way for you to get that one-on-one support, moving any of these unprocessed emotions or subconscious patterns that are particularly important for you and what you're dealing with. Otherwise, I'm also planning to do more group ERT sessions online this year. That's one thing that I'm excited about personally for 2024. It's to focus on working more in groups because after doing the Calm Over Chaos program in December, which was the group ERT cohort that we kind of went through how to get through the craziness of December. Cause as you are aware, December can be a pretty busy time for people. So I really, really enjoyed that. And after that program, I can really see the value of holding that space and sharing that healing container for people who actually really want to move through their stuff so they can basically live the lives they want to live and, you know, live the lives that they know they truly deserve to live uh, not long for the, that life, but to actually start to make it a reality by moving any internal blocks and obstacles they have to getting there. So there'll be more on that later. Stay tuned for the next episode of this podcast, because I'll be letting you know all the details for the next group program, which I anticipate will take place in February of 2024. The purpose of this group ERT work will actually be to help you to set goals for yourself in this year to set those goals, which actually can be achievable and not just something that you set and then forget about and helping to get your body and your nervous system on board with these goals. Because sometimes we consciously want something, right? We consciously want to achieve a certain thing, a certain goal, but our subconscious programs or our our internal patterns, our conditioning, or our past life experiences, which actually govern our behaviors and thoughts via the unconscious, they actually don't want what we consciously think we want. So then we sabotage ourselves. So we might say, you know, I want to be strong and healthy, and I'm going to do that by eating well and doing a workout X amount of times a week whatever. That's a very broad goal. Your goals will be more specific if you want them to be realistic. However, let's say we've got a goal, something like that. We might want that, but our body, our nervous system may not be on board with that because there might be underlying patterns or emotions that say that's not safe for us. It's not safe for us to change. We don't like change. It's different. We're going to do whatever we can subconsciously to keep you from getting to where you're saying you want to go. So the purpose of this next group program in February will actually be to help prime your brain, prime your nervous system to actually feel okay and safe with these changes you want to make, with these goals you want to set. 
So I'm excited to be launching that probably halfway through January. So that'll be announced all the details and everything in the next episode of the podcast. And by doing this, you'll actually start to notice that, you know, while in previous years, your new year's resolutions kind of melted away to nothing and you fell off the bandwagon, you'll notice that by actually moving the subconscious blocks in the way, moving these self-sabotaging behaviors with ERT, you'll actually find that it's much easier to start doing those things that get you closer to achieving what you want to, rather than just saying you'll do them. So yep, details to follow. And I know, I don't even know what the program's called yet. (laughs) I'm still writing it up, but the details will be dropped in the next episode of the podcast. So I, I can't wait to share it with you once I've finished creating and planning that. But if me just talking about it now is making you really keen, if you're a super keen bean, then if you want to jump on a wait list, what you can do is send me an email at gabby at revitalizinghealth.com.au. That's revitalizing with an S. Uh, and just tell me you're keen for the new year ERT program, or you can send me a DM, same deal. Let me know you're keen for the new year ERT program. And I'll make sure that you're the first to hear about it, even before the next podcast episode drops with all the details. So you'll get the details before it goes out to everybody else. So yeah, even though I'm excited about that, I want to come back to this conversation about pausing, about stopping. In fact, actually, I don't think there's much more to say about it really, because I mean, there is a lot more to say about it. But the main sort of thing I wanted to bring across was that a lot of the times why we don't stop, why we don't pause is because we don't want to sit with ourselves. We don't feel like we're in control in that moment. But let's actually do a little bit of a practice here, right? So I actually want you to stop what you're doing right now. So, you know, many people listen to their podcast while they're walking. If you're listening to this while you're on a walk, go find a park bench or a patch of grass to sit on. Or if you're at home, you know, sit down on the couch or on a chair somewhere comfortable on the floor. Even if you're driving, if you're able to pull over and park the car, awesome. If you can't, because you're on a freeway or something, maybe you can do this later. But if you can, I'd really like you to stop right now and prioritize stopping. Now, if you like, you can close your eyes. Otherwise you can just maintain a gentle, but focused gaze in front of you. You know, you can focus on one thing or you can just kind of let your eyes gently kind of relax into just a a forward gaze. And now I want you to take through your nose now a slow, steady, gentle breath through the nose, just inhaling. Take that in. And then I want you to exhale that breath again with a slow, steady gentle pace through the nose. And when you're ready, take another inhale through the nose, gently, steadily, and slowly. And then gently exhale through the nose. One more breath in through the nose. And then release that slowly, steadily, exhaling through the nose. 
I want you now to not focus on anything in particular and just be as you are in this moment. You may find that you get a little restless here. Maybe you have thoughts come up, but that's okay. When you are aware this is happening, come back to those steady breaths, those slow, gentle inhales through the nose and those slow, steady exhales through the nose at your own pace. And what we're doing here in this brief pause is really what meditation is. It's essentially cultivating an awareness of the present moment, where you are in space and time, and then bringing your awareness back to this place when you notice it goes somewhere else. So when you notice that you're going away with your thoughts, Just come back. And it's an ebbing and a flowing of getting sidetracked by the thoughts and then coming back once you realize that's what you're doing. You can do this kind of exercise any time of the day. You don't have to do it for very long. It can even be something as simple as taking 20 or 30 seconds to do literally nothing, to take a proper pause after doing a task. So perhaps you take 30 seconds to pause after you send an email or after you jump off a Zoom meeting. You just take that 20 or 30 seconds where you take a few of those breaths and then you move on to the next thing. So pausing is not easy for a lot of us, especially in this busyness of modern day life. But by slowly integrating pauses into your day, you can start to feel more and more comfortable with being and just existing and not feeling like you need to fill the space. Being with yourself and then also when you practice this more, you can find it easier to be with others as well, to really truly be with them, to be present with them. You might find that you're more present in your work, in your study, in your other activities, because you can come back to these spaces in between just by taking a pause. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. And as I said, if you'd like to work through some of your own stuff with ERT, I'm always keen to help. So you can jump on a one-on-one session with me. Or if you're keen to hear more about the February group ERT program to support you with your goals in the new year, if you want to hear about that before anyone, then let me know via email or in an Instagram message. And until then, I wish you a prosperous, fun, uh, enjoyable and fulfilling start to the new year. Thanks for listening.